Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Weekend Superheroes Podcast. It's 2018, and we are start fresh. I'm Sean. Sitting with me always is Darius, Pat, and Steve. How are Fuck you guys off. today? Doing great. What is that about? You know what it's about. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I'm kind of with Steve on this one. They're gonna people are gonna be like, whoa, whoa, we're starting already. I asked for 50 reviews. We got 15, maybe. Are you sure you didn't ask for 15? <laughs> I did yeah. not. I asked for the five zero. From any source it could have came from. That's fine. That's fine. We got 15 people. Oh, and Gmail every, accounts are free. There wasn't I, even I a single person. Yeah. Not even a single person was like, no, you know what? You probably shouldn't keep it. <laughs> Except for you. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> we didn't have a guest on, but what happened last time? Well, last time we actually managed to record the year-end review yeah. plus 2016 review. That was the second time we did it. Right. Why did we need to do it over again? Um Again, allegedly, allegedly, Dave, al- <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> somebody. somebody threw up on the patio. Yeah, and we're still looking for that. Yeah. that guy, I don't know the puking it. bandit. Yeah, yeah. we have a few I suspects. Heard, I heard they threw up outside the next morning, <laughs> and then also when they got home, <laughs> <laughs> like twenty minutes later. It's just what I heard. That's <laughs> called responsibility if you're keeping track at home. And and you always tell everyone to podcast responsibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the, the last thing we did that, that episode. <laughs> that was a lot of fun, guys. Please check out that episode. Uh, also, and also vote to bring the likes or uh, the hellos back. Absolutely, yep, do it. Add a review, please, to iTunes, and say uh, whether you want the hellos back. I get shit for it every single day of my life now. Uh, it also help you quickly catch up on uh, on the whole podcast in case you're just getting on board now. But today, we are calming things down a bit. Ooh. We're bringing in the new year right. Woosa. We're settling ourselves. We're centering ourselves. And we're getting more focused on the things that matter. So today we're going to talk about... Like babes online. Meditation. <laughs> that too. So even if you've never tried, at least you know what to see it, right? Does anyone remember like the first encounter they had personally in movies or someone who was like meditating? Uh, just the word... Ohm. Why? Like, where'd you even hear it or see it? I don't remember. It's just like somebody was like sitting on the yeah. floor all cross-legged yeah, and, and just like, oh. With their hands out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. According to Wikipedia, it can be defined as a practice where an individual focuses his or her mind on a particular object, thought, or activity to achieve a mentally clear and emotionally calm state. Do you feel emotionally calm, Steve? Ever? Not really. No, I've never seen you actually emotionally calm. New year, new Steve. So uh, here's a question. Why do people need this? Why do people need to settle down? So they can calm the fuck down. (laughs) I think you need to calm the fuck down a little bit. Everybody's so uppity tight. You know, uh, 2017 is a little bit of a rough year. Hashtag uppity uppity tight. (laughs) Get that trending. That's actually Darius' DJ name. DJ uppity tight. I don't don't know if I could do that one in a British accent. (laughs) So actually, it's a combination of three pretty British things. Number one, we are obsessed with thinking. Our minds are constantly running, going a million miles a minute. We think a lot. Way too much, in fact. It's voluntary when we need to like focus on a task, but can also be involuntary, like breathing, or in our case, drinking. So, according to the National Science Foundation, our brains produce as many as 50,000 thoughts a day. And 95% of these thoughts are repeated daily. So, unless you've trained your brain to think otherwise, you literally cannot stop thinking. The second is this. Thinking isn't always good, is it? It can sort of lead us down a road to pure unhappiness. Steve, first time you jumped out of a plane, how was the night before? Um, well, see, I'm kind of fucked up. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> the night before, I was just thinking, like, man, this is going to be the best shit ever. Okay. Let's pretend that we didn't do that. <laughs> and you're a normal human being. <laughs> <laughs> there is something called overthinking, which is certainly what I did. 
and you're scared. You can think yourself out of a situation. And, and, and overthinking is, is actually really bad. It's going to stop us from, like, reaching our goals or even creating them in the first place. I had to, like, talk you down for, like, two weeks leading yeah. up to when we jumped. I know. <laughs> Or were you thinking of worst case scenarios uh, like, all the time? Like, well, uh, you know, what if uh, what if this happens? I was like, you realize how many people jump every single year. There we go. But I'm not. It's not just me. So as if overthinking isn't bad enough, even though we're thinking all the time, most of our thoughts are negative, and that's not good, right? No. So it's a little Terrible. social experiment. I asked you guys before to write down every thought that came to your mind. So let me uh, go ahead and read the results to you. <clears throat> this should be good. Uh, Steve, you had four positive thoughts, two that were neither, and five negative thoughts. Yep. So of that, five were, uh... Oh, they were probably all like, Sean sucks, I hate Sean. No, there wasn't even one Sean on here. Well, Sean actually, the one, the, the stop talking one was because you wouldn't stop talking. But Pat, the very first one, says, this is dumb, so that's real <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> I think that's positive, though. That's constructive criticism. All three of you mentioned the fact that Darius had poop today, so that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pat, you had three positive. Was Darius pooping one of the positive? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, those were all counted as positive. Um, through three positive, eight negative, and one oh my God. wasn't either. Whoa. I know. So when you think, your thoughts are mostly negative, even if you don't want them to be. This is the case for everyone except Rainbows and Lollipops Darius over here. <laughs> he had three negative, zero neither, and seven positive. What are you, your shit rainbows? What's wrong well, it's with you? It's because he pooped today. Some include boobs, summer weather, beer, Pizza poops, no joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping after I poop. <laughs> I pooped this morning. <laughs> Can I hit the Powerball? Shots. Is Sean going to fuck up this part of the podcast? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and under seven words, Sean fucks up. <laughs> so all the negativity was that's about you. Yeah, do you notice it was all about me? That's absolutely ridiculous. But that's the it's just the case and it's crazy. So, uh, according to an article in Psychology Today, even though people claim to hold themselves in high regard, the thoughts that spontaneously occur to them and what the article calls mental chatter is mostly an up to 70% negative. A phenomenon that is referred to as negativity dominance. No wonder I drink so much. Yeah, you know? Oh, it turns out alcohol is depressant. I probably should have mentioned that. Huh. So maybe I have all the negative thoughts because I drink so much? <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. And then there's number three. Your mindset governs your actions. So your thoughts, which we just found out are mostly negative, they act as a guideline to the way you present yourself. So in short, you have a mindset that limits your potential. And will eventually put self-inflicted speed bumps into the rest of your life. I mean, fuck, everything I just said was negative. The whole thing. Yep. Everything yep. I just said right there was negative. So let's just put it in a nutshell, right? We think all the time, most of our thoughts suck, and these shitty thoughts roll the way we feel, and our feelings roll the way we act. Man, I am having a, such a great time right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. I thought I'd bring up the mood and let everybody Holy know shit. that they're horrible new people. New year, new podcast, huh? Yay. Okay, Yay. but there is something we can do. There is something we can do. Meditation. How can meditation help? Well, meditation is meant to slow down the frequency in which thoughts enter our mind. It's kind of like a thought filter for your brain. It's supposed to train your mind to avoid multitasking. 
Turns out the more attention you give one thing, the better you can judge if it's even important enough to even fucking dwell on. So basically, we can control our thoughts. We can control our emotions. So think about that. Having control over your emotions instead of your emotions controlling you. So, Steve, somebody cut you off on the way here. How do you feel about it? Fuck off. Yeah. So there we go. Quick delivery, too. Very yeah. quick. <laughs> I, I noticed there was no real hesitation no. there, Steve. So, okay. So that's good. And a lot of people probably feel the same way. Meditation teaches you to filter out those thoughts because you say fuck off and then you want this guy to die and then you think of ways yeah, to murder him. I don't want him to die. <laughs> I'm just a little upset about it. Maybe want him to wreck his car. Yeah, right. Maybe get in that. Maybe stuff his toe on the <laughs> corner of I've, a table. There may or may not have been a few times where somebody's cut me off in traffic and I said, yeah, I hope you get a fucking flat tire, asshole. There we go. So there meditation is. is supposed to cut that off. Right there at the core. Right. So you'll be like, I hope you have a wonderful day, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it slows that thought process. So you one thing leads to another where you end up hating I this guy. If you can filter that. <laughs> so that being said, meditation has proven in some cases to reduce anxiety, stress, depression, and even physical pain. Once you stop letting your thoughts dictate your day, you start to open your eyes to a world around you, and life doesn't seem all that bad. It can help you in the workplace, in social settings, and yes, even in the bedroom. Our guest tonight has been teaching meditation since 2009. She works meditation workshops for both groups and private clients, and was cool enough to come on the show and school us on the art of meditation. Join us in welcoming filmmaker, actress, spiritual leader, and author of Good Sex, Getting Off Without Checking Out, Jessica Graham. Jessica, how are you today? Hi, I'm great. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Hey, how is Welcome. The, how's, the, uh, how's the City of Angels? The City of Angels. I have to tell you, I am a lover of Los Angeles. I've, I've had, Los Angeles has just been so good to me, and uh, I find a lot of joy in that city. Very cool. Okay. So my first question is actually just about meditation in general. Sure. Uh, I gave it a shot a long time ago, but I feel like when I close my eyes, I feel like I, the harder I try not to think of something, the more thoughts come flooding into my face. Um, it's, it's like a cornucopia of some of the most insignificant thoughts just jam my brain waves. So what advice can you give for a novice who tries this for the first time? Okay. So first of all, the first thing I say to anybody who takes a class with me or has a session, private session with me is this is not about quieting your mind. That's not the goal. It's not the aim. It's not, it's, and it's not going to happen. <laughs> and, okay. um, yeah. And it's, it's a big, um, sort of fallacy, uh, about meditation. It, certainly mindfulness meditation, but all of them, none of them say, um, ultimately that you have to shut off thought because the thing is, is that your brain creates thoughts just like your heart pumps blood or your stomach enzymes digest things. So the brain is supposed to think thoughts. If it stopped thinking thoughts, that would be a problem. But in meditation, as you practice over time, you will start to notice moments of silence. And then the more you practice and kind of the, de the deeper down the rabbit hole you go, like I just got back from a month long retreat where I was silent and meditating the whole time. And when you start doing not even that deep a dive, but you know, a couple days, uh, you can find quiet in the mind, but it's still not the goal. 
Okay. Interesting. So, um, from someone who has tried it, and I'm a borderline narcoleptic, so, uh, you know, ah. h- how do you find, you know, a, a way to stop yourself from crossing over into sleep? Yeah, great question. So, um, for one, you do, don't have to sit on the floor. I'm so honored that you guys are on the floor. It's very, <laughs> very, very nice. Um, but you don't have to. You can sit in a chair and you can put Thanks, some... John. Yeah, and you can put some pillows behind your back so that your back stays upright because an upright spine is part of what's going to keep you awake. When the spine starts to slump, you know you're starting to get into sleep territory and all you need to do is sit back up. But the spine is not uh, tense. It's it's gently stacked, gently stacked. And so it's a nice light lift in the spine. So that will help. Another thing that can help is um, to open your eyes for a moment, to let in some light. Like you don't have to meditate in the dark. You can have a light on or maybe there's sun. That'll really do it. Just focus on the light. Let it come in. And that's going to wake you up a little bit too. There's several forms and styles of meditation. How did you choose which one was right for you? Well, the way that I did that is I didn't choose. Tell (laughs) us about that. Um, Well, I'm – what am I? I like to say that (laughs) – I'm a little bit wild. I, 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 I've had to work hard to become more um, uh, domesticated. Um, I, I was raised by uh, beautiful, terrible ah. wolves. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, beautiful and loving, but also all the other thing that, things that come with being a wolf. And so um, I never really did things the normal way. Um, for example, I did not go to school. And I, by that, I don't mean college. I mean school. Um, I went to two and a half years at a private school where we sang Beatles songs in a dome and uh, called okay. all the teachers by their first name, which was amazing. That's but other than pretty that, awesome. <laughs> and you probably sat on the floor was- a lot, right? Yes, I did. And and that's now we're getting somewhere. Now (laughs) we're getting somewhere. (laughs) It's also where I started acting for for real. I had always been making little shows and performances. And from the time I was really young, I was into meditation. So I'd like have people hold hands and close their eyes and meditate. So the school was, was, was good for all of that. But other than that, I didn't go to school. So I've never like written a paper for school or anything like that. Um, instead, instead, <laughs> it's overrated, yeah. believe me. Well, I mean, at this point, if I didn't have to like get a GED and then do the first four years, I'd love to go to like a, to graduate, like, um, I don't know, spiritual mythology. I don't know, something interesting and cool. But I'm not going to take all that time (laughs) to get there. That's a lot. Yeah, that's right. But all this to say that I've never done things in sort of the quote-unquote normal way, and that includes my spirituality. Um, I'm a spiritual teacher who's also a sex and intimacy guide. And I'm not just a sex and intimacy guide for two people who've been married and and are, you know, it's they're going to light candles and sprinkle rose petals. I'm a sex and intimacy guide for people who just want to have one night stands or for people who have non-monogamous relationships or for people who just want to be single and just have a lot of sex. So Steve, um, (laughs) did you call this woman? Is this? I also love working with couples, so that's that's a big passion of mine. But, you know, spiritual teacher and sex teacher don't really go together, right? Like, 
right. people have a hard time with that. And so that's just sort of an example of kind of the way I roll. I'm also, I also do nude modeling. Oh, so it's okay. like, All right. it's, it's a complicated and delicious stew that my life is. But when you kind of put them together, it's like, oh, that's really weird. So that's kind of me. I'm just sort of very weird. And so with my spiritual practice, I I'd always had sort of a toe dipped into meditation because I had loved it when I was young and like little, like six, seven. Um, but as I got older, I sort of, you know, I was on my own very young at age 14. And so I was kind of just surviving and doing what I needed to do. Um, but, um, when I came back to it, it was, you know, I was introduced to, to a mindfulness practice, but through a teacher who was also studied Zen for many, many years. So I got some of that. And then I had another teacher who was in, the, who had, was part of a Hindu lineage. So I got some of that. And then I started, you know, branching out and finding teachers. And my teaching is, you know, it's kind of a, a combination of non-dual, direct path, mindfulness, a little bit of like, juicy, loving kindness kind of stuff. So it's, it's not just one thing. So, so you have a sprinkle of this and a dash of that. Right. You're just, it's just a melting pot of uh, pretty much everything yes. you've learned. Darius actually had a question for you. He's also a nude model, by the way. <laughs> 100% nude model. We should do it. We should do a shoot together. Yes, oh, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Next time. How do we make that happen? <laughs> Next time you're in Pittsburgh, we'll do one. Um, but uh, yeah, I had a question. So, how often should you meditate? Like once a day, once a week, and how long do you do it in a session a day or twice a day or how you do it? Good question. Yeah, great. So I always recommend to anybody that I'm working with that they find time every day. Now, it's not necessarily going to happen every day, so you might miss a day, but then the key is to not get down on yourself and to not judge yourself and to just do it the next day. But ideally, you're doing it every day. My minimum is 10 minutes with my students and clients, though, if they're not going to do it, then I say, okay, we'll do five. But my minimum is 10 minutes once a day, every day. It doesn't have to be at a particular time or in a particular place. Um, But for some people, that's helpful to have a little spot that they see in their house. And they're like, oh, that's where I meditate and I do it at this time. So it kind of just depends on how you're wired. I'm, as I said, wild. So I like to do my own thing. Whatever I want. I just do whatever I want. Freestyle meditation. Freestyle. No, we like that. We like to do your own thing. Jessica, (laughs) Jessica, your book is called Good Sex. Now, admittedly, I didn't have enough time to finish it. I did read a lot of it. You didn't finish? No. (laughs) Uh, That's a big change. I did not read Good Sex, uh, but I have read uh, Mediocre Sex, Sex by Yourself, and Not Tonight, I Have a Headache. Um, (laughs) Without giving too much away, your book begins with uh, your complicated adolescent life. What was the final straw in your life that led you to begin meditation in the first place? Okay, so again, like it was something that was already in me because I, my mother had introduced me to it when I was quite small. And so in times of great suffering, I would sort of return to it in one way or another. So um, when, I, when things really started to change was when I got sober So I stopped using drugs and alcohol as a way to escape my feelings. And I had a lot of feelings. And so I needed to do something about that. I couldn't just be hanging out with like these intense thoughts and feelings um, with no buffer, with with no drugs and alcohol. So um, 
I, you know, I got some support with that. And then about a year later, I had a boyfriend um, at the time. And every Wednesday night, there would be a meditation class in his house. And, um, and I would never go. I might even, I might be in the house, but in the other room, I wouldn't go. And then when I met the meditation teacher, who is now a very, very dear friend and collaborator of mine, Michael W. Taft, he's the author of The Mindful Geek. Um, he said to me, oh, what are you, chicken? And I was like, oh, really? I'm like Marty McFly. Yeah, that was it. Call me chicken. <laughs> 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 nice reference. Oh, good back to and the I showed reference. up. Perfect. And just like, for me, I was lucky because it just immediately clicked. It just clicked. It made sense, I think, probably because I already had it in me. But, you know, not too long before that, you know, a year before that, I was um, – wandering, run, wandering around Hollywood, trying to get crisis centers to take me because I was that desperate and wow. miserable. Like the suffering I'd had so many bottoms and the suffering was on such an intense level. And it had been there since I was so young and I had no relief. And, um, and so oftentimes when people are having a tough time and I explain that story to them and I'm like, that was only about 10 and a half years ago. So I know that sounds like a long time, but it's really not to have a complete paradigm shift. Um, so once you got into meditation, when did you realize that meditation could be beneficial for your sex life? Oh, yeah. So, okay. So I started practicing and I really dove in. So I, I didn't start with 10 minutes. I started with 20 minutes. And very soon I was up to several hours a day because I was just like this, <laughs> this the same way I drank, I meditated. I was like, <laughs> we know something about that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that level of intensity. Yes. I like that about you. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I was meditating a lot and I um, started going on meditation retreats, silent meditation retreats. And so the one I just went to, it was just basically, I was on my own and I was silent for a month and I had a little bit of interaction. But these retreats I used to go to, they would usually be about seven days, seven to 10 days. The first one was seven. And it was, um, it was uh, a silent retreat with uh, one of my teachers, Shenzhen Young. And by the time I got out of that retreat, and this is after about six months of really serious meditation practice, I was just, you know, I'd look at the sky and this happened before the retreat, really. I'd look at the sky and I'd be like, it was as if I'd never seen the sky and I would taste some food. And it was like, as if I'd never tasted food, every breath. It, I like to say this, I spent about three months in a, in sort of a low dose LSD with some Xanax that doesn't make you black out. Like that's kind of how it felt. Okay. It was amazing. And so I went on this retreat. And when I came back, I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. If everything is like more rich and vibrant and intense and delicious with meditation, I bet sex would be ridiculous. Right. <laughs> so I brought it up to my partner at the time. And unfortunately, he wasn't really up for it. He wasn't interested in um, wow in exploring sexuality in that way. It's safe to um, assume uh, he's hit the door by now, right? We did break up not that long <laughs> after that. <laughs> and, <laughs> but you know, he he was an amazing person. He is an amazing person, and he was really the first sober, con like really sober, conscious, loving sex I had was with him. 
So he okay. was an important piece in the puzzle. Um, but then, you know, we, we tried to work it out, but it was just sometimes when you start growing, you, this meditation stuff is strong medicine. Sometimes when you start growing, it just happens so fast that life just has to rearrange. And so, um, I started, even though we, he didn't want to explore with me, I started just exploring it with myself, exploring my own sexuality through the context of meditation and mindfulness and spiritual awakening. And it really just started to shift things for me. And eventually we did break up. And the next person I got together with, we've, we're still together for over seven years. And it's the best sex of my life. Awesome. I'm That's sure that helped keep you together. It, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was definitely that partnership, that relationship that really allowed my sexual awakening to to come forth and for me to really see that there is just zero separation between sexuality and spirituality. It's all one thing. It's all one activity, not thing. Um, and so about because I've always been interested in sex, I was sort of like a sex therapist as a young teen, my friends would come to me, they'd be like, well, how do you give a blowjob? And I would teach them how to do it or, you know, whatever they have different questions. What kind of, what, how do we do birth control? La, la, la. You know, and I was for whatever reason, always very, um, ready to talk about it and knowledgeable. I remember giving a talk to a t another teenage girl about how she needed to start masturbating because she'd never had an orgasm. I was like, I'm going to teach you how to do it. And I explained it all to her. And uh, I don't know if she did it. I hope she did. But so, so did she come back the, to school happier? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, she, she got straight A's that school, semester. So would you I believe it? So she did a random yeah. party outside on the ground. So um, I kind of wanted to show her, but didn't seem like she'd be open to that. So I just told her. That's that's more of a second meeting. Yeah, yeah one thing. step at a time here, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, so um, when the when when I started just having some really big shifts and awakenings with my meditation practice, and it was really starting to color every part of life. It was just shifting everything. That when when the sexuality got added into the mix, it was just like boom. And I was like, oh my god, I've loved sex for a long time. And I've had a lot of good sex, but this is a completely, it, 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 you, there's not even any comparison. There's not even any comparison. Very cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned before, uh, about like mindful sex and you mentioned that in your book and explain how it like doesn't mean boring. Can you explain what that is and how it's beneficial to you and your partner? Sure. So, you know, mindful is an easy word because people understand it these days for the most part. Um, um, the book we called Good Sex, Getting Off Without Checking Out, because we didn't want it to just be like a mindful sex book and like <laughs> oh, gently stroke your partner. And like, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, for, I don't know how far you've gotten, but like, you know, I talk about some pretty explicit stuff. Um, and uh, so in any case, I um, my approach to what mindful sex is may be quite different from someone else's approach, someone, you know, with a different philosophy, but this is my approach. Um, we first have to learn to communicate with ourselves and to really love and accept ourselves. And that's a lifelong process. But if we can't communicate with ourselves about sex, we're not going to be able to communicate with anyone else. And that's the number one issue in, with, in sexual relationships is lack of communication. It's also one of the number one issues why, um, there is so much um, behavior that's non-consensual because people aren't talking 
they actually can't talk. And then I don't know, uh, uh, the, um, master of none, uh, Aziz, you know, yeah. did you guys read about him? I, yeah, I saw a headline. I didn't get to read about it. Yeah. Well, if you read it, it's really just obvious that these are two people who don't know how to talk about sex and that's, that's it. Yeah. And because they can't talk about it, they're on completely different pages. And it's the same thing in, in relationships. It's like you're, there's something that you really want that would really turn you on or something you just want to try. But because you have no way of sitting down and actually having a conversation about sex, that desire could go unmet for the rest of your life. So that's really one of the most important things about this mindful sex is that you're being mindful about your uh, process of communication. And you're starting to learn to be in the discomfort because when you first start talking about sex in this radically honest and really hot way that I suggest, you're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to, I mean, you guys might be feeling a little uncomfortable right now, just kind of thinking about well, it. Well, that's mostly because we're sitting on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And also because Darius took his <laughs> shirt off a couple minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he is a nude model. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good, good. Well, it is interesting. I know this is a, a show with lots of comedy, but it is also interesting. See, I'm in I'm in teacher mode with you guys. So no, it's interesting that that was the moment to make a joke. You think we right? use comedy yeah. as a defense uh, mechanism? I say we use comedy uh, as a sword or a shield. We I see where you're going with this. <laughs> We're on to you, Jessica. <laughs> I think she's on to so, us. Oh, right, that's what I meant. <laughs> she's on to us. <laughs> do you have anything last minute for us before we uh, get started? All right, great. So we're going to do two things based on I, I like to tailor stuff. So I didn't sit down and say, this is what I'm going to do when we when we do the interview. I, I wanted to get to know you guys a little bit first. And so based on that, based on what you've all shared with me, um, I want to offer two techniques. So we're going to we're going to start with one and then go to another, and then come back to the first one. So the, fir the first cool. piece is relaxation. And so we're just going to work on relaxing the body and then focusing on it. Now, I want you guys to be comfortable. So if you do want to move to a chair or lean against something, just do whatever you need chair? to do I'm to be comfortable. Okay, give us, yeah. uh, give us one minute. Is that okay? Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good. I do appreciate you on the floor and cushions. but. So we shall begin. Go ahead and close your eyes unless you prefer to have them open and take a moment to feel your feet on the ground. And just go ahead and gently press them into the ground and just really feel that floor and the feeling of your feet pressing into it. Good. And now just gently lifting the spine. Looks like you guys are all pretty good. And again, this is relaxed. This is not about being uncomfortable and miserable. And a lot of times people think that's what meditation is, but it's not. So if at some point your back starts to hurt and you need to just lean back against the chair, you do that. You do whatever you need to do for your body. Okay, so we're gonna start at the top of the head. We're gonna begin to invite relaxation into the body. So imagine the scalp is just beginning to release and soften. And as that relaxation 
stretches down over the scalp. It starts to move into the face and the rest of the head. Start to feel the forehead soften and release and let go. Invite that relaxation to the eyebrows and the space between the eyebrows. Really feeling the muscles release as they do. Even if it's just a subtle release, start tuning in to sensations of relaxation. Relaxing your eyes and all the little muscles around your eyes. Okay. So hanging out there just for a moment as I start to talk about what we're going to do next. So we're going to be focusing on the activity of self. So in, in my philosophy, self is made up of three things. It's made up of mental talk, mental images, and emotional sensations in the body. So anything that you're experiencing, be it joy, embarrassment, excitement, some sort of tragedy, whatever experience you're having is actually just made up of these strands of experience. So maybe you're on the road and someone pulls in front of you. Well, what happens? The stomach might tighten, the chest might get a little closed in, the fists might clench, the, the muscles of the shoulder blades might begin to fire up a bit and the face might start to get a, a tension and a contraction and, and the words of they pulled in front of me, that jerk, I can't believe it, I was waiting to go and they jumped ahead of me, you, your thoughts are going and who knows how far those thoughts go. It can get a little dark in there sometimes and so, but that is just thought. And the sensations are just sensations. And so in this technique, you learn to observe them as that. Nothing more, nothing less. And you may also have wonderful emotions move through your body. A feeling of peace or feeling of joy or love. Warmth rushing through the face and the throat and the chest. You might have really awesome thoughts. You might be seeing a whole movie of some wonderful passion of yours being lived out. But the thing is that that's just thought and emotion too. So for now, for the purpose of this exercise, it doesn't matter if what you're seeing or hearing or feeling is pleasant or unpleasant. It's all just going to be thought and emotion. Talk, image, and emotion. Great, and so we're gonna go back just for a moment to relaxation after that little tour through the self. So you're probably somewhat relaxed because of what we were just doing, but just move through your body and notice anywhere, anywhere that you're intentionally tightening up. Just go ahead and release. So you might want to check out your eyes and your jaw and your shoulders, your neck, your stomach, your butt, whatever you're squeezing, whatever is being intentionally controlled, let it go. And staying with the body, come back to this 
simple exploration of sensation of relaxation. Okay, so as you're ready, you can begin to open your eyes and just take in the light of the room. Good work, you guys. Uh, okay, Sorry. I'll start. Um, one, I think I almost passed away there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so close. Yes. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. Your your voice, uh, along with the fact that you, you know what you're doing, you know what you're talking about, that... That keeps you going. That you keep us right where you want us, and uh, huh. and very much on purpose. Uh, that was absolutely incredible. I've never felt like that before. Very good. And I just want to say one thing, which is this: I I am a teacher, and some you know the people that like my voice like my voice, and it helps, and the guidance helps. But at the end of the day, that was you that took yourself there. That was you that had that experience. I'm just another person. I just happen to have some experience with this stuff, but it's I'm not doing it to you. This is you. This is this is something that you can cultivate. Now, in the beginning, it can be easier to have support of guidance, but eventually you'll be able to do it without that if you want to. And so just remember, you it, you are your own best teacher, and all I'm doing is offering you some tools that you can be that teacher. And I'll have to tell you, whenever I teach anyone meditation, I say, I'm yours for life because it's strong medicine. So don't be surprised if tomorrow you feel especially sensitive or you feel like, whoa, life is so vibrant because just doing this once can start to wake you up. Very cool. Awesome. Jessica, I cannot thank you enough for coming on here and being so awesome with us. Uh, do you have five more minutes? Yeah, absolutely. And I have, a, I have, I want to offer a gift to you guys and your listeners as well. But yeah, uh, well, yeah you already did. You said uh, that you're ours for life. I think that's a pretty big <laughs> gift. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, we play the uh, we play a game at the end of every episode called Factor Fuck. Do you in? Factor what? <laughs> <laughs> The English meditation is derived from the Latin word meditatio, meaning to think, contemplate, devise, or ponder. It sounds like you made that up, so I'm going to say fucked. Jessica? Uh, oh, oh, just one of you. Um, uh, I should know, but I don't because I'm, I'm like not a regular meditation teacher. Um, I'm going to say fuck. That's fact. Fuck. That's fact for both no, of you. No, I said Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't go to school. I don't know this. <laughs> well, I did. It didn't help, so. <laughs> Steve. Oh, boy. <laughs> the well-known repeated mantra, om, is actually the Tibetan word for soup. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I'm saying fucked. Fuck, Jessica. Fuck. That is fucked. Well done, guys. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you couldn't give up the better thing than soup. <laughs> Darius. <laughs> A Japanese school of Buddhism emphasizing the value of meditation and intuition is referred to as Zen. Uh, fact? Jessica? Fact. That is a fact. Well done, both yes. of you. Circle gets a square. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, you like that one. Three more. We'll let you go. Pat, according to a 2006 article in the Harvard University Gazette, meditation has been shown to increase the size of your brain. Man, I stopped reading that journal in 2005. <laughs> um, 
I am going to say <laughs> fucked. Can you can you read it again? Because I was thinking about the gifts I want to give you, and I, I didn't listen. Damn, I can't. Okay. <laughs> so, according to a 2006 article in the Harvard University Gazette, meditation has been shown to increase the size of your brain. Ah, so this is tricky because I don't think they were doing that research in 2006. It does. It can increase the size of your brain. Let's just go with uh, it, that it can one. In, it can increase <laughs> parts of the brain, but I just don't know if they were doing those studies then. So I'm just a little torn. I mean, I guess I'll just say I fact. Guess I'll say say, fact. That's good. Yeah, say fact. <laughs> fact it is. Nice job. <laughs> two, two more. Steve. In 1994, George Kyle from Indiana claimed he could solve murders by falling into deep meditation in the same vicinity of where the murder took place. I think I saw a South Park about this. (laughs) Same fact. Jessica? Fact. That is fucked. I made that up, guys. Come on. Oh! Seems like it could be real. (laughs) You play that all so good. I know. I'm amazing. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty cool. Uh, He also had to eat soup. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure someone's done that, though. So I feel like I should get half a point. Yeah. Last one. (laughs) Darius. All right. Splinter. Or a character from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was first known by his real name as Zen Master Hamato Yoshi. I thought you might know it. Uh, I am going to go fucked on this one. Okay. Jessica? Uh, fact. That is fact. Yeah, that's fact. Uh, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica. I knew it. Thank knew you it. so much for coming on the show See, and hanging out with us. This has been absolutely yes. awesome. Yeah, so. I have presents. So um, the first present is um, a two-week free code for the app that I'm on, which would be perfect for all of you guys because you can get my meditations as well as a whole bunch of meditation teachers. It's sort of a Spotify of meditation teachers. So I want to give it to all of you. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but I also want to give it to all your listeners. Sweet. And so, oh, all right. Sean, uh, so Sean, I'll email you with with that and um, and you can just share it in whatever way. You, you can put it in the show yeah, notes and then give it to everybody else. We'll put it everywhere. Put it everywhere um, it's it's going to go out there, yeah. It's called Simple Habit. And then the other gift is the first one of your listeners who emails you with the subject Jessica's book gets a copy a signed copy from me so you want to email you want to email podcast at weekendsuperheroes.com and you want to put in the subject Jessica's book is that right that's right okay and then they will they're going to get a free personalized signed copy that is that's oh, awesome. Fantastic. So cool. Jessica, thank you so much. Right. It's my pleasure. This was, you guys were such a great class. Thank you. <laughs> you were fantastic. Hey, tell everyone where we can get your book. Oh, yeah. So my book is everywhere the books are sold. So um, you can get, you can certainly get it on Amazon. You can get it at Target. You can get it from the distributor website, Penguin Random House. You can get it from indie bookstores, okay. Barnes & Noble as well. So wherever books are sold, you can get good sex getting off without checking out. It just uh, it just came out in November. So. Very cool. And where can we find you on YouTube? Um, you you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have the, I'll send it to you. You have show notes, right? Well, yeah, we just, I was hoping to get to send it. Well, actually all, you know, all you need to do is if you just go, um, if you just do 
Wild Awakening. Wild Awakening is how of, I found it. That's the name of my. <laughs> yeah, if you just say Wild Awakening, it will be there. It's going to be on the first page between uh, Wild Awakening, which is a, a gay soft porn. Right. And right. I was up, also there. And right Thank above. <laughs> right above Wild Awakening, which is a softcore porn. It's right in between. <laughs> so because Wild Awakening wild... is a, it's a softcore porn gay movie. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And, oh, and so that's so how you found my Jessica. Meditation <laughs> that's why my laptop is going to explode in three days. Thank you for that. <laughs> so, so for my kind of wild awakening, which is sort of a, sort of a hardcore porn, actually. No, um, right. my kind of my wild awakening is uh, yourwildawakening.com. And there are meditations. There are blog articles. There are um, more information about me and information about my my private session work. So I work with couples and individuals as well as families. And I also do something called the Wild Weekend where I actually go and I spend a whole weekend with a couple and help them to understand where they're getting stuck um, and offering mindfulness, intimacy tools for getting unstuck. Now, I'm not actually there for the sex. I'm just there for all of the interactions that happen throughout the day, which then determine what the sex is going to be. And so you'll do your own exercises when I leave at night and then I'll come back the next day. We'll talk about them. So it's not just about sex. It's also about communication, intimacy, vulnerability. And so that's a special, a special thing I offer. And I will be taking on new clients for my private practice starting in February. So just want to put all that out there for you. Nice. You heard it here first, guys. Jessica Graham, email podcast at weekendsuperheroes.com. But Jessica's book in the subject title, and you will get a signed copy, which is so cool of you, by the way, to do that. Thank yeah, you so awesome. much. Also, download the app. <laughs> get you. her book, guys. Check her out. Jessica, say goodbye to everyone who loves you. Oh, well, bye. I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at WeekendSuperheroes.com, iTunes, uh, Google Play, YouTube, Spreaker, Stitcher. Darius, say goodbye. Goodbye, ladies. Steve, say goodbye. How do you want me to follow that I up? I know it's time. hard. Pat, say goodbye. Uh, bye, and happy t- 2018, everybody. And always remember to podcast responsibly.